0: Welcome to the
1: Peterson's Bowhunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Now, here's your host, Editor Christian Berg. All right, welcome to the Bowhunting Podcast. We are all bow hunting all the time. And today we are going to talk a little suburban bow hunting in the outskirts of New York City, of all places. And I have as our guest today, uh, Jacqueline Molina, who is with an organization called Babes and Bucks of Long Island. So, uh, Jacqueline, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: You know, I actually got tipped off uh, by somebody who does like public relations for pbs i think you were yeah. you and your group were featured i guess on a a pbs series that takes a look at different uh outdoor oriented pursuits around the country and uh tell me a little bit about that and how did they find out about you guys
0: you know uh i don't i honestly don't know how they found me um uh, I mean, unless I typed in female hunter. So a lot of times if people type in female hunters or female hunters, Long Island, um, a New York Times article comes up that um, I was in and a few other girls were in two years ago uh, that featured female hunters in Long Island tackling the deer overpopulation, things like that. Um, so I think um, Susan, I think she just Googled female hunters and she said I came up because then I got an email and I'm like, this can't be real, this gotta be a scam. But I Googled her and then it's, you know, I saw that she was legit um yeah and then we started talking and she they wanted to you know know more about um female hunters and suburban hunting and what's that like and you know what it's like to be a female hunter um in long island um because it's not something typically that most people think of when you think of hunting you don't think long island
1: no you don't but on the other hand now like i said you know before we started here in the bow hunting community we're a little bit more you know tuned in and I think that most guys like I'm not that far away I'm just a couple hours away in Pennsylvania we know if you're into bow hunting like sometimes those suburban areas can have some of the best bow hunting that you'll find and a lot of times there's some pretty pretty big bucks in these neighborhoods and stuff but it's a different it's a different kind of hunting so I mean we'll get into all that but I just wanted to back up because uh, your organization, I mean, it's a cool name. It's different. I mean, I'm never going to get to be part of a group called Babes and Bucks <laughs> in, in anything. Um, you know, where did that come from? Uh, how long have you guys been around and how many women do you have, you know, hunting there uh, in your area? You know,
0: so, like I said, when that, new, when that New York Times article came out, you know, I, I only knew two girls that hunted in Long Island, myself and Julia and Marissa. And when we were when we were asked to be in this part of this article, part of this, you know, we had a photographer come out. They came on a hunt with us. They, they wanted to see what what our life is like outside of hunting. Um, so it was just a really nice experience. So we thought, you know, there's got to be other women like us in Long Island that enjoy hunting, fishing, hiking, the outdoors, all that stuff. So we started a group Long Island Babes and Bucks. And, you know, what we really want to show people is that, you know, There's no stereotype of what a female hunter should look like. Um, For example, you know, I I have nails. Sometimes I wear makeup. Sometimes I don't. I'm a nurse. Um, You know, there's all different ages, all different, um, you know, types of women that do these outdoor activities that have been doing them for many, many, many many years. You know, we're not the first by any means, but we want to show women and even like the younger girls, like we do a lot of work with the Girl Scout troops. We want to show them this isn't a boy's sport. Girls can do this, too. you know, I'm, I'm fresh out of a hunt right now. I just washed my hands. And slide. <laughs> like, you know, I do it all by myself and I, you know, I really wanted to show other women and kids that you can do it by yourself. You don't need a partner that does it, you know, yeah, my boyfriend, yeah, yeah. My, my boyfriend doesn't hunt. He's a big fisherman. So, you know, he's fishing today and I'm hunting today and,
1: and that's it. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times, especially when, you know, people see women hunting um they think that maybe they got into it because of their dad or their boyfriend or their husband or whatever um how did you get into it did you get into it all by yourself
0: so yeah i love this question um i did not grow up hunting or fishing um at all i started hunting like about like 10 years ago um from an ex-boyfriend i remember i was in nursing school And, you know, it's something that you I wanted to do with my partner at the time. And um, I remember sitting in the tree stand with my textbook on my lap and I'm turning the page to study. And he's like yelling at me like the deer are going to hear it. You're being so loud. (laughs) Um, So then when that relationship, you know, that ended, I was like, you know what? I have all this gear. I have a bow. I have all this equipment. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to do it. This is you know, I'm going to put a lot of time and energy. I'm going to learn and I'm going to do it. And um, I had um, one of my best friends, Rich. He became my hunting mentor. And he uh, literally taught me everything from how to put a harness on, you know, and I asked him all the questions, all the questions, like, why do we have to be in the stand before sunrise? Or, you know, why, why, like, why this? Why that? What's the rut? I asked him every basic question that every new hunter asks or, you know, doesn't know. And I've come so far and it's just amazing. And then he said to me after my first hunt, all right, you want to be a hunter? Go scout, go find a spot, go, go do it. I did one hunt with him and then it was like the training wheels came off. And from there on out, I did it all by myself. And, um, you know, that's just,
1: I don't even, what was the question? <laughs> and, and how long ago did you say this was? So when did you actually start? About 10 years ago?
0: About like eight years, eight, nine years ago. Yeah, about 10 years
1: ago. And um, so tell me about like, and so, you know, and here, here's the interesting thing. And, you know, because you're you're on Long Island, and it's fairly you know heavily populated i would imagine you know it's long island's an interesting place because you know i'm going to make a statement of the obvious right it's called long island because it's really long and uh no but but the reason i say that is of course you know the the western edge of it borders right up against the city, you know, but when you, when you get all the way out to Montauk and I don't know exactly where you're at in Long Island, but I would actually think it's gets a little bit rural, you know, way out towards the end or, or certainly not as built up as it is. So could you just give me an idea of like how developed is Long Island? You know, it it probably really runs the gamut, doesn't it? From like super congested areas to areas that are like a little bit quiet and kind of woodsy, right?
0: A hundred percent. So, you know, you can not hunt in um, Nassau County, which is the county closest to the city. So bordering, like my boyfriend, he lives in Amityville. So where we are right on the canal, the houses are very close together. And I grew up in Smithtown where people had backyards and fences. So even in Amityville, it's like strange to me to be so close to your neighbor. So the more farther out east you get, the more spread out, the more property people have. Um, I have a friend, Brian, who he grew up in Malvern and every time he comes out by me and to talk it, he's like, you live in the middle of nowhere. You live in the sticks. And I'm like, this is normal for me. And it's, I don't know, it's not what he thinks it is. But, um, once, you know, you hit like, even like Miller place, sound beach, Ridge, Manorville, Santa riches, once you start hitting there, it's, you know, lots of properties, lots of open spaces. Um, so, and that's, you know, that's mostly where I hunt.
1: And, and so the thing is, it's funny because everything's relative because I can remember, you know, being from the East, the first, the first Western hunt I did was an antelope hunt out in, um, Uh, South Dakota. And the guy that we hunted with out there, he was like, I only have a small ranch. It's only 20,000 acres. And like my uncle has a really big place. It's like 150,000 acres. And he was like almost like embarrassed that he only had a 20,000 acre ranch. And I was like, dude, if you go back to like where (laughs) I live, you might be hunting on like a five acre property and you think that's great. And I'm going to guess that a lot of the properties that you hunt on, they're not even an acre or maybe they're an acre and you're literally like a lot of times you're probably set up in people's backyard. You could see their house or you can see the road and people are like walking their dogs down the street or the mail guy is delivering the mail and you're shooting a deer, right?
0: A hundred percent. I mean, I, um, nuisance hunt on a farm and a vineyard and, um, you know, there, there, there was a time or two where I'm in the stand and I hear people with their glasses of wine coming down behind me, (laughs) like totally oblivious that I'm there. Um, you know, and a lot of it too, is I get a lot of patients that, you know, they want the deer gone. They see the deer eating their plants and things like that. So that's how I acquire a lot of my spots, word of mouth. I'm like, Hey, you know, you shoot deer, like, can you come to my property? Um, you know, and it's always nice to do a service for, people that want the deer gone and I get to benefit from it as well. Cause I enjoy the meat. You know, my chest freezer is everything that I shoot. It's, you know, I got deer, I got tuna, I got uh, fluke, black sea stripers. I got everything, you know, like the only meat I buy is chicken. If that. Um, but it it just you know it benefits me benefits the homeowner and you know what it's the deer they're overpopulated in long island you know um i have a friend and he was riding his motorcycle out east and a doe just came barreling out knocked him off he was in a coma for like two months so you know they're just they're it's a problem here
1: yeah now so obviously that is an issue because it's um you know, there's a lot of habitat and then not necessarily a lot of opportunity for hunting. So probably vehicles are the number one predator on yeah. Long Island when it comes to deer, you know. Yeah. Um, so how many deer can you actually kill every year there is? Is the state pretty liberal because of the overpopulation and like allowing you to have like unlimited doe tags or what? Um, I don't
0: know how to answer that, um, but I, I do believe New York is very liberal um, in a sense where, um, hunters really aren't favored, I guess. Um, especially in like suburban and rural hunting where I am. Um, but you're allowed, you get two buck tags, you're allowed to have two bucks and you can't transfer those over. So let's say, you know, let's say my boyfriend hunts and he didn't shoot a buck. He can't give me his buck tag. Um, and then you can get a DMP tag for the doe permit. Um, so, when you shoot a doe, you, you can go to your like Dick's or something or your local uh, sporting store where you buy your tags from and they'll give you, they'll issue you another doe tag. That starts in, um, I don't know the exact date. I think it's like early November. You can start doing the DMP tags, like getting a replacement doe tag.
1: Um, so, does that ever run out or can you just keep on every time you shoot a doe, can you get another one?
0: I don't know how. I, I mean, I've only done it twice. So, I don't know A um, 100%. like if you can just keep doing it um but I've done it twice so I was able to do at least two times so
1: so how many deer do you usually shoot each year
0: um it depends um like last year I shot two the year before that I shot three but then I, I nuisance hunt in the off season too um so I get the nuisance tags um let this summer I took out like two or three um So, and that's, that's just a real blast to do in the summer. (laughs) If you've ever, you know, it's hot today, like when I was hunting today, but, um, you know, the nuisance hunting, um, that's, it's always interesting in the summer. I got to make sure you know, my butcher can take my deer right away. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. So tell me about your hunt this morning. You said you, you literally were scrambling to get home and just get on this call. Uh, was, was, was it a typical, pretty kind of a typical long Island hunt for you?
0: You know, it was. And I, you know, sometimes I go into hunts. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm not going to, sh- I'm probably not going to see anything that I want to shoot, but I just, I like, I love being in the woods. I like being out there. So I even got into the woods a little bit later than I wanted to because I'm in, even in the morning, I was still toying with the idea. Should I go fishing with my boyfriend for stripers or do I want to go hunt? I'm like, it's really warm outside. Like it's at like five in the morning, it was like 62 degrees. It was warm. Um, So I said, you know, what? I'm going to go hunt. So one of the prop the property that I was at I have a few stands set up um I was gonna go to the ladder stand as I'm walking to the ladder stand I see like five heads right in front of my stand I'm like all right I'm not gonna I can't go there so I walked down to my hang-on and climbed up there and then um you know there was there was activity there was I, I had a doe and a yearling about like 80 yards behind me they weren't coming in so I knew I didn't have a shot then um just as I was reaching for my, uh, my mid morning snack, <laughs> I see the, um, a buck that wasn't my target buck, but he, he was nice, but he wasn't my target buck with a doe. I see like legs in between brush. So I'm just kind of looking around and then, um, they don't, they didn't blow at me or stomp. They just kind of, you know, trotted away. And I saw his rack and I was like, Oh yeah, I've seen him on my camera. Um, so I wasn't too upset about that. It was just nice to see all the activity, especially on a warm day. Um, so then I see this doe come in to my right side, and you know she she was a she was decent size. She was a really mature doe, good size. So she comes in, you know she has no clue. So I stand up and I'm um, holding my bow, and then um you know she kept coming in, coming in, coming in, and I was just you know I was ready to shoot it. I was going to shoot her at twenty five yards. But she kept coming. I was like, all right. You know, so she kept coming in. So I had a perfect uh, opportunity to take her at twelve yards um had a nice broadside shot and she ran and um she probably ran about like 20 yards and I heard a crash and it was like the best sound in the world (laughs) because I was like it is a thousand degrees and all the condensation from the fog like things were still wet you know so you couldn't really I didn't hear it like anyone any of these deer like come in so you have to just really be observant um so you know I'm a I'm not the most textbook hunter you know you're supposed to wait but I was really excited I heard that crash and I was like it's really hot so I'm like let me climb down Climbed down, saw a little blood trail, and um, sure enough, there she was. And um, it was a it was a great hunt. I didn't expect it. So,
1: <laughs> so like, yeah, congrats! So you filled the yeah. tag this morning, and uh, so d- did you take care of that all by yourself? Then is that typical? Are you usually out there yep. alone, and you you got the deer and drag it and load it up? And what kind of a vehicle do you drive? Do you <laughs> have a way to get these deer to the butcher without getting blood all over your? your oh vehicle? my
0: god! No, it's inevitable to not get blood. I mean, at least for me, um, it's funny you ask this question because I I just look like a hot mess, but it's you know that's it's real. It's real hunting. It's real deal. Um, but you know, don't uh, don't let me fool you. My my gloves that I used to field dress in—they are pink. They're from the dollar store, and they're the pink dishwashing gloves that come up to your elbows. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So um, at this property, I was able to drive my car up—not too close, but um, just closer enough because it's like a, it's a hike. You know, it's a, it's this is like a lot of acres. This one's a spot that I hunt. Um, you know, I grab my gloves, I grab my knife, I grab my butt out tool, drag the sled over to it. You know, I had to take a few pictures. Thank God for the self-timer. Because I do hunt by myself. I do everything myself. Set up stands, cameras, moving things around, um, field dress, everything. You know, it's, it's me. It's, you know, I hunt. I do, do it all by myself. Um, yeah, so I field dressed it, field dressed her, and then um, got her in the sled, dragged her to my car. So I drive a four-runner. Um I think this is the last year I'm going to have the forerunner. I think I need to you know I think I need to pick up at this point. Um but the forerunner man she's a beast. She's like a 2010 and she the amount of deer, fish, everything that's been in that car. Um so I put her in the sled and you know it was it was a lot. I almost panicked a little bit cuz I For a small second, I didn't think I was going to be able to get the sled into my runner. I mean, lifting up a deer or lifting up a sled into anything, a truck, even is hard, you know? And if you're by yourself. So you should have seen, it was like, what's that movie? Um, Austin Powers with the little car? Like... I lifted up the sled and angled it up on one side of the car. Then I ran around the other car and I'm trying to pull it in, going back, pushing it. And I'm pulling it, pushing the seats up. I'm dripping sweat, (laughs) dripping sweat. And I'm just like, how, oh my God, like this is like, this is like a lot. I, and I panicked have, for a split second. You have you
1: ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever just flagged down a random stranger and be like, can you help me throw this deer carcass in the back of my vehicle?
0: No, I haven't. Um, see, the problem is when I hunt randomly during the week is like, if I'm in a situation like this where I need like someone to help me, everyone's at work. You know what I mean? So it's hard. So weekends, you know, I can my guy friends, my boyfriend, anyone, I the girls, there's so many people that I can call, but it was like nine 30 on a Tuesday, <laughs> you know? Um, and sometimes I like to hunt before work too. And I think about that, like, all right, if I shoot something, what am I going to, you know, call in late or whatever. So yeah, it, it was a lot of work this morning. I was dripping sweat. And, um, but once I got her in, I was just like, oh, thank God. And then I had to bring him to the butcher. So my butcher, Rob, he actually relocated to Idaho. So this is my first season not using him. Um, so I'm using a new butcher and he's great. And he actually just gave me uh, some samples of venison sausages that I'm going to cook and a pinwheel, uh, cheese and venison and something. I'm going to cook those up tonight. Um, but yeah, I dropped the deer off. You know, he said, what kind of cuts do you want? I said, you know, a basic back strap shot me, you know, steaks, like all that stuff. And then um, then my phone died. And then uh, I'm driving here and I'm trying to respond to your email because I didn't acknowledge it earlier because I was hunting and I didn't really have service. I, I try not to be on my phone too much. I really just like to enjoy, you know, the tranquility of being in the woods and seeing what's going to happen. So then um, like the sled is still in my car with the blood in there. I have the windows down. Um, I just didn't have time to take it out, so I had to hop on here. Oh, <laughs> um, well,
1: you got to go rinse that out after our interview, right?
0: Oh yeah, I'm gonna I gotta rinse that out, and um, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna cook the this venison, and then we got some striped bass in the fridge that um we want to grill that up too. So, a little like surf and turf, I guess.
1: <laughs> See, I think you're educating a lot of people there. See, people in a lot of the other parts of the country don't realize you know, these folks on Long Island are living pretty large there. They're getting good hunting. They've got great fishing right there. And, uh,
0: you're,
1: you're probably consuming more wild game than a lot of people who live truly in the middle of nowhere.
0: I mean, you know, I, I love it. I enjoy it. And, um, you know, our group babes and bucks on Wednesdays, we do a wild game Wednesday where people submit, you know, their meals, that, um, a wild game that we posted. And, um, uh, the person I'm posting tomorrow, they, uh, they got some squid. So they, uh, fried it up and made some nice calamari.
1: So do you guys get together then and have like a uh, group dinners and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. You know, we do events and we do a lot. We do fundraising too. Like we fundraising to uh, veterans all the time, um, uh, vet pets for breast cancer awareness, Alzheimer's. And we do a lot of events with kids. Um, we did, um, we work with the Girl Scouts troop, help them earn their, um, their, uh, archery badge at our archery shop. Um, Deanna was the instructor. So it was nice to have like the Girl Scouts see women that do archery, you know, and not necessarily you don't have to hunt, but just seeing that we have that we do archery too. And I brought in my bow. Um, my old bow is a pink diamond. Love that bow. Phenomenal bow. It's a great beginner bow. I shot so many deer with that bow. I just upgraded, uh, le- two years ago last year to, um, Matthew's V3. Um, love that bow too.
1: Yeah, that's a great bow. So, who's your local archery shop? I always love to give a shout out to the 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 archery shops around the country. Who's the Who's the go to guy or gal yeah. for for bows and equipment there on Long Island?
0: So, I, there's two great shops, and they're both really awesome. And then I've had great experiences at both, and they always welcome me with open arms anytime I need to run in there for anything. Um, the Smiths Point Archery, which is in Patchogue, and Jack is the owner. He's great. I bought my Matthews from him. And then there's Archery Forum in Medford. It's owned by Chuck. And um, and Dan is, you know, one of his top employees. Dan's always there, always knowledgeable. Um, I remember one time I was, I was hunting and I think something happened with my cams or I don't know, the uh, my strings came I don't know, Something happened and my bow wasn't right. So I literally ran out of my stand, ran to the archery forum and I was like, Dan, can you fix my bow? And, you know, they're great. So they're very um, knowledgeable, both shops, you know. Um, they carry... They carry uh, most of the same bows, except um I don't know that rule with uh with bow shops like only one can carry this and one can carry that or I forget what it is.
1: Yeah, um, they have territories, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, bow shops are great.
1: That's awesome. So you mentioned you're shooting the Matthews V3. What are your other uh, equipment preferences? You know, people always like to uh, advocate for their favorite broadhead. You know, what kind of broadheads do you like to shoot?
0: You know, um, I played around with a few different broadheads and, you know, it, I think for me, I think a lot of factors are like, what draw weight are you shooting? How far are you shooting? Um, so I, I like this thing or two blades. I also uh, been playing around with the Montex um, and they do come in pink, the Montex. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've been using the same arrows too. I use the, um, the 10 Nugent gold. Um, I really like those ones. So, you know, just for me, if it works, I stay with it. I don't same thing. Like when I, when I go get coffee or I go to eat, I get the same thing, no matter where I go, I'm a creature of habit. Um, so it's been working for me, but that's just me. You know, some people.
1: Oh, might I, I, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good products out there for bull hunting. So I'm with you, yeah. Like you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it, you know, yeah. and, uh, you're obviously, uh. You know, being in a suburban area like that, you have an opportunity to shoot more deer every year, honestly, than the average bow hunter. You know, I mean, there might be people out in the Midwest who shoot a lot of big bucks, but I don't know that they're killing more deer than you are. You know, you you have quite a few, yeah. probably in eight years, I'm going to guess you've killed probably over 30 or 40 deer since you started this.
0: Uh, I'm not quite there yet, but um getting there. Uh, it's the only, the downfall with hunting, you know, in Long Island. It's 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 a, there's a lot of hunters out there, you know. There's a lot of people out there, um, you know. And then I also I like I work. I work full time, trying to balance, you know, my personal life and everything. Um, so it's it's hard to get out there as much as you want to. And then you know it gets really cold here. And um, you know I hunt to the very end till January thirty first, um, and it's very cold. I just upgraded to um, some Sika gear. So I'm hoping uh, that's going to, you know, keep me nice and warm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, did, you did...
1: The, uh, did you get the fanatic, uh you get the fanatic jacket yeah. and bibs?
0: I got I got a bib, a jacket, um a headband thing and uh, a neck gaiter thing.
1: You um, will you will like that. I I've had that. Yeah. Fanatic stuff for a number of years. Yeah. and when it gets really cold, it it's hard to beat. Yeah, that's going to help it's you. It's hard know. to
0: pull your bow back. I remember last January, I ran back to the archery shop and I was like, "Can you lower the poundage on my bow? I can't pull it back. I'm so cold." And uh that's one thing that I tell the girls too. You know, practice shooting in your your late season gear. Practice shooting in your light season gear, like what I'm wearing, because pulling back when you're in a big jacket or in your you know, it's it's different. I always tell the girls, practice shooting, standing up, practice shooting, sitting, practice in a blind, you know, like there's different elevations, like all those things play a factor, at least in my opinion. Um
1: yeah. so, so what kind of reaction do you get from people when they find out you're a hunter? I mean, you said, you know, several times that you're a nurse. So maybe it's, you know, co-workers at the hospital or, you know, just somebody at the grocery store or whatever. I mean, do people think it's, probably get a mix of reactions. Some people probably think it's cool. Some, some people probably yeah. think it's a little strange.
0: I mean, I kind of try to read the room before I divulge that information, you know? Because you, you know when you can like just straight up say, oh, I'm a hunter. But most people, um, most people, like people that know me, like most people know that this is what I do. This is who I am. Um, but a lot of people don't expect me to say, oh, I'm a hunter. Like when you see my car and they, they come into the office, I have had a few men say, oh, who's got the, who's got the, the truck with the deer stickers and the tuna sticker on there. And then, you know, I think they automatically kind of pan to the first male in the room and I'm like, oh, it's me. <laughs> and then, um, I had one patient and he had like a, a real tree hoodie on and I was like, oh, do you hunt? And he goes, no. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. And he goes, why do you? And I go, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's a mixed reaction. You know, people either support it or they're totally against it because they don't understand it. And, you know, they just need to be educated on what it is that we do. They think I'm out there like Rambo, just flinging arrows left and right, um, which isn't the case.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you this. I'm curious, has all the hunting that you've done so far been right there close to home? And if so, are there things now that you've been a hunter for, you know, like eight years or so, like you said, do you like have in your mind, you know, some things like, man, I'd love to go, you know, out West someday and hunt elk or mule deer or something like that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I just did my first out-of-state hunt. I did a hog hunt in Florida, which was an absolutely wild experience. It was like very, it was very cool. Um, I had a great time. I did that. Um, My dream hunt is Montana. Love Montana. I've been there a few times before I was a hunter um, many years ago and uh, Montana is beautiful. you know what it is? It's just it's something like I have, I have my guy friends. They just went out to uh, where did they go, Illinois or they're, no, they're going to Illinois. And my other group of guy friends, they just came back from Ohio. Um, you know, that's something that I would like to do. It's just hard because, um, you know, I want to go with, with some girls that, that are really, you know, avid about it. But it's, you know, a lot of the girls like they're married, they have kids. So it's really hard to just, you know, find a, a crew of girls to do that with. Um, so but yeah, that's definitely something I would like to do.
1: So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to see you have that opportunity. Hunting hogs is fun. You, you did that with your bow?
0: No, no, no. Um, we had the dogs, and then we did it with the. I don't remember the kind of gun. We did it. Yeah, it, we did it at night. It was sad. Oh yeah, yeah. And they taught me how to castrate hogs, and like, it was a whole thing. And then I was like, "Are the dogs gonna kill the hogs? Because their dogs like really like get after them, you know." So that that was a pretty cool hunt. That was a great experience, yeah.
1: Um, so have you um, recruited uh, other women into hunting there on Long Island? It sounds like maybe you have.
0: You know what? It's a mixture of girls that hunted that I just didn't know existed. So it was nice that everyone kind of came out of the woodworks, you know? And then there were girls that some like in the group. So in the group, some girls hunt and fish. Some just hunt, some just fish, some are just starting to get their feet wet and and exploring archery. Um, I've taken a few girls and, you know, mentored them and taking them on their first hunts, you know, and um, like I had one girl, uh, we were doing a spot and stalk and um, she got into a full draw and um, she, I don't know why she didn't take the shot. I don't know if she was nervous, but it was pretty cool to see her get into a full draw at like 10 yards at a deer. And then I took one girl, you know, I, You know, I had her sit and hang on, a climber and and uh, you know, different things to see like how she feels comfortable shooting. Um, and you know, I tell her, I say if it's like really poor weather, if it's downpouring rain, I probably won't go in the hang on. That's just me being cautious. Um, um, you know, if it's super cold out and I don't don't feel like climbing, I'll go into my blind. So there's different options, different things that you know, um I make a makeshift blind too. There's I I make all this brush and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to meet all these girls that have the same hobbies, you know? And then when we, when we have events, it's fun. Like we, it's not all just centered about hunting and fishing, but it's all girls that have the same hobbies and passions. Like we did a wine night one time and that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we did a paint night. Uh, we did, I can't even remember, but we do a lot of like activities and it's nice.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, I think you said something at the beginning of the interview about people, you know, wanting to know like something about what what's it like, you know, to to be a girl who hunts on Long Island or whatever. But it's like, well, hunters are just like everybody else, really. I yeah, mean, we hunt, we hunt, but I'm into, you know, sports and cars and just a uh, regular stuff that any other guy would be into. And like you said, I mean, you like, uh, sounds like you like cooking and wine and oh, painting yeah. and whatever. And, uh, yeah, you need to take care of something. there.
0: That's <laughs> Bella,
1: my dog. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, uh, you know, it's, it's great <laughs> for people to, uh, you know, just realize that you don't have to be, um, you know, anything unusual, you know, hunting is not unusual and right. that's where you're bringing that to the awareness of, you know, a, a different group yeah. of people there, you know, in your neck of the woods.
0: Well, you know, I guess we should say it's not unusual to us, you know, like, but it's unusual to people that don't do it. And then, um, you know, it's, it's nice and you can kind of educate them on what we do as hunters and they either accept it or they don't. And, you know, you can't change people's opinions, but it doesn't mean that they're a bad person just because you don't agree. Like I've had people, you know, say horrible things about being a hunter, horrible things. And I used to get very upset about it. And I used to take it personally. Like I had one person say like, you have a dog, you have a dog. How could you shoot deer? And I'm, you know, and it's just, uh, I don't know. You, you can't, reason with certain people if they're just not going to understand and you just have to bow out gracefully and that's you know what I've learned over the past few years how to handle the negativity that comes with being um, a hunter
1: yeah it's um all you can do is try to you know conduct yourself in the the most ethical way you can and oh absolutely you you, you, you don't have to make apologies and people you know, it's really they don't understand is I think what it boils yeah. down to. And they don't want to, they don't want to see, you know, because it's funny. Um, you know, I have two boys and uh, my older son, his fiance, she's from New Jersey and she didn't grow up around hunting and she's not necessarily super keen on it. And right. you know, I have all kinds of taxidermy all around the yeah. house and everything. And she says something sometimes, and I'm like, you know, I just tell her, I'm like, look, uh, if you don't like it. I understand. And that's fine. Like, you don't have to like it. You don't have to do it. But understand that where you grew up and here is two different worlds. I'm like, if you go to my friend, who's the farmer, you know, who owns where I hunt, go tell him, you know, and he's going to tell you like, do you see all these deer out in the field, literally like eating my livelihood, like taking money out of my family's pocket? There's so many of them. There's like 30 of them out there in the field. Like they have to be controlled. So you don't have to like it. You don't have to do it, but it doesn't change reality, but.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, even going back to the livelihood, like one of the places I hunt the homeowner, you know, his dog died from Lyme disease and, um, you know, everyone knows like deer carry ticks, especially in Long Island. And, um, So, you know, it's a problem. So he wants the deer out of his yard and um, after his dog passed away. And, um, you know, one of the other things I try to explain to people is that, you know, and not everyone does this and, you know, but just me personally, I try to utilize as much of the animal that I can. Aside from the meat, you know, keeping the meat and eating the meat, um, I'll cut off the tails and they can be used for bucktails for fishing. Um, And then I take the heads, the skulls, I got, I learned, I taught myself how to hydro dip and I hand paint skulls now. Um, I had one person, uh he brought me a bullhead and I didn't realize how uh, how big this the head was. I've, I've never had a bullhead. I've never seen a bullhead in real life before. So he was like, Oh, you know, what do you charge? And I'm like, I don't know what do we charge. Like it was like the first like thing that someone paid me to do so I gave him like a price and he's like are you sure I was like yeah I think I said like 50 bucks I had no idea the thing was this big like this like huge and I was like oh it might I was like it might be a little bit more than that it's gonna be like more time but that was a fun project he wanted all black matte and then I you know hand painted um, everything and uh the crevices gold like, it was really cool um so that's yeah, awesome
1: that's- you're gonna be an artist now too.
0: It's fine. It's hard. Um, I made one for my boyfriend. He has like a, a tiki bar in, the, in his backyard by the by the uh, the dock. So I made um like a rasta themed one. Like I I I did a rasta colors on a doe head which is fun. Um, but yeah, it's just another way to utilize part of the animal and you know display it and you know I, I taught myself how to do euros. Um, they're not that great, but I'm getting there. But um, it's fun, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. You also you know you've talked about like the meat a bunch of times and stuff i'm Mm -hmm. curious what's your favorite what's your favorite venison recipe you know is there something that you really really oh
0: yeah um okay it's a venison meatloaf okay Okay. so take the take the chopped meat and then um trying to it off i have it written down somewhere but offhand and then you know you flatten it out on like a, a baking dish then you do a layer of spinach a layer of ham and a layer of provolone and you roll it so it's like a big roll oh, and I'm, yeah. It, yeah and then it, then it gets better then you put bacon strips of bacon over it and you bake it and then when you're done I make a honey balsamic glaze that I drizzle over it oh it's so good
1: sounds like you could like be charging <laughs> some pretty good money for a slice of that too.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I wish, you know, there was one restaurant out here that um, every so often they'll have wild game. Uh, Like I think they had elk one night, they had venison one night, um, but not, you know, not many places really have it. So it's nice to be able to cook it. My friends cook it all the time. My one friend Marissa, she's a really good cook. Um, She cooks it all the time. Um, Basically anything that there's meat, you can just substitute it for venison, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. So you've gotten... A fair bit of notoriety, I guess, from some newspaper articles and television and things like that. Um, Yeah, I
0: mean, it's it's nice, but you know, I I don't like reach. I don't. It just finds me. I don't. You know, I just do what I do, and I'm like me. Why do they want me? I'm like, there's better hunters out there. I don't know. (laughs) You know, but it's it is nice to be recognized, and it's just more so. It's nice that um, I'm representing the female hunting community. You know, I should say, um, and that showing people that. You know, we're
1: out here doing it, too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I'm wondering what uh, you what folks can do if um, like they want to connect with you or your group maybe support you know some of the things you talked about like your fundraisers or whatever do you guys have like social media accounts for your babes and bucks deal
0: yep so we have our instagram page long island babes and bucks and then we have a facebook page you just search long island babes and bucks and then we have a facebook group which is nice because it's all women so only women can join that and it's really nice and it's a. so it's if a i different.
1: sign up you're not going to let me in that's what you're telling me right
0: <laughs> but you can follow the other pages the instagram page. <laughs> but you know what it is it's just nice like i don't you know and this is like one of the aspects of being a female hunter or a female angler you know walking into a tackle shop or an archery shop it can be intimidating you know um, and I, I golf too. So even just going on the golf courses, it can be intimidating. And I've seen, you know, women ask basic questions in these hunting groups, like, Hey, you know, what, what kind of broadhead should I use for this? And then it's like, you either get super helpful comments or you kind of get some like jerk off comments from guys, you know, and I'll never forget the very first time I commented in a, um, a hunting group years ago, I asked a question and I either got really good responses or I got, you're only in here for attention you don't hunt, you know, and it's really discouraging. Um, so, you know, what? the, uh, the babes and bucks group being all women, it's just a, a nice, a nice space that women can ask questions and, you know, not feel, yeah. um, that they're being put down or, you know, not taken seriously. And I'm not saying that everyone in all these hunting groups do that, but I'm, but it's, you know, it does happen and it's unfortunate. Um, and you know, there's a lot of jealousy too. Like I, I've seen it with men against women you know, women shoot bigger bucks than them. And it's like, Oh, well you only get to hunt there because you're a woman. Like,
1: no, sometimes well, it, you know, I've heard a lot of guys say this over the years and yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of, I don't know, it's not absolute, but I think there's some truth to it. You know, I've heard a lot of guys say that actually the, the ladies are better bow hunters. And like I said, I don't know if that's an absolute, but I do think that women, uh, maybe you find it a little bit easier to be patient and women are not as generally as noisy and a lot of things like that where i do think you know there are a lot of qualities you know some of the absolutely some of the best bow hunters you know that we have in america are are female
0: yeah i mean you know definitely the patience and you know um like personally like I if I see if I saw one of my shooter bucks but I knew he was like 50 yards 40 yards like I I won't really shoot past that you know so I'm not saying women won't do it either but I think I have you know we have the patience like all right control we're not going to take a shot it's too far out of range you know we don't get buck fever um but yeah definitely having patience as a woman definitely you know helps in aiding and being a successful bow hunter for sure
1: yeah well you've obviously been you know quite successful there. And in a lot of ways, it sounds like you've done, you know, a really great job, not only of, you know, being a bow hunter and a successful bow hunter, but the way that you've integrated that with the rest of your life, you know, and juggling that with your career, you know, your family, uh, your friends, uh, being kind of an advocate there in the community and, and doing good, you know, and, and so you are, I would say that, you know, as far as I can tell, based on our conversation today and and everything else that I saw, you know, in that video that PBS did, uh, you're a credit to the bow hunter community and I would say if we had more folks you know like you uh in these you know suburban areas you know we'd have a lot more we'd have a lot more bow hunters in New York
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean some people they hate it or love it they'll be like no there's too many hunters and it's like usually the people that hunt public land say that (laughs) you ever see that meme when it's like first light hits and it's like 20 people in a tree right next to each other
1: oh no I told I totally get it. I mean, we have a lot of hunters here in Pennsylvania. And I joke, I sometimes joke with my buddies because, of course you know I work in the hunting industry and if it wasn't for hunters you know I mean we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to put out you know magazines and I wouldn't have a job but (laughs) but I do sometimes joke that selfishly you know I wish there weren't any you know or so many other hunters because it's like yeah on the one hand I love the fact that you know we've got a great hunting community but not on the day that you want to go hunt right you want you'd (laughs) like to have the whole property to yourself so that's just human nature well you know I really enjoyed our talk and I would say this you know you you are welcome to come back on on the bow hunting podcast anytime and um you know bring a couple of your fellow uh female bow hunters next time and uh you know i want to know if you you guys should start a store if you don't have one already i want to know where i can get long island Babes and bucks, like T-shirts and stuff, <laughs> so I can just wear those on my hunts. And people like yeah. will ask me about it, and I'll be like, "Well, it's I know these ladies on Long Island, and you can follow them on Instagram and Facebook, yep. and and yeah, the whole thing." Yeah, we
0: do. We have hats, hoodies. You know, we have all kinds of things, and it's nice because like the men really get into it; they support it. You know, like I have a lot of guy friends that wear our hats in the woods, and it's just it's really nice. You know, and um, that's it.
1: Well, I got to tell. I got to tell my, my younger son too he has a good buddy from summer camp uh, they go to camp here in Pennsylvania but one of his oh. buddies his name it's a uh, Vincent I'm giving a call out to Vincent Lupo <laughs> he is Vincent Lupo a name that you would expect in Long Island because he lives on Long Island and he yeah. thinks he thinks it's crazy he's been to my house and like he doesn't understand any of this and I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna be like Vincent you got to watch <laughs> this podcast because I talked to this woman from Long Island and she's probably your neighbor and she's out there <laughs> killing yeah. deer like you wouldn't believe
0: i mean if you had asked me like you know 15 20 years ago what i you know i would probably have the same opinion that vincent does honestly um it's just it's funny you know
1: yeah absolutely well just goes to show if you're if you're open-minded to trying new things you might just discover a passion right
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah well Jacqueline, I really, uh, I really appreciate it. It was a fun, a fun call. We don't, uh, we don't, I I was going to say we don't often, but I'm just going to say we never have before talked to anyone on Long Island. So you are, you are our official (laughs) representative from Long Island and uh, you're, you're putting Long Island on the Peterson's bow hunting map.
0: Awesome.
1: All right, so best of luck to you the rest of the season. Did you, you, have you shot either of your bucks yet?
0: Nope, not yet. The rut is just about to start. It's about to get real good here. Um, and, you know, duck hunting is going to get good, too. So it's all it's all happening.
1: <laughs> it's almost hard to find the time for everything that she wants I to do. I know. Yeah. I
0: know. Every day I'm like, what's the wind? What's the wind like?
1: <laughs> all right. So, well, you keep in touch and let me know. Send, send, me a, send me a picture when you get those bucks, okay?
0: Yep, will do.
1: Thanks for downloading the Peterson's Bowhunting Podcast. All bow hunting, all the time. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on your local newsstand, or connect with us online at bowhuntingmag.com.